Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Welcome back to Vacay. It's your host, Lisa Hamilton. Thanks so much for joining me again for another episode. I feel like now that we know each other on a deeply intimate level, I want to I wanna call you something. I want to give you like a, a fan name. The Vakies? That does not sound right, but let's workshop it. Let's, let's come up with a, a good fan name for Vacay for... You few hundred out there who are listening in, I respect you and I want you to have a name. So let's let's find something. Anyway, we do have an episode to get to this week. I chatted to journalist, host, musician, all round really great guy, Xavier Brinkman, who I have known for a while now. We've we've been on the hosting circuit together. He's done some work for MTV. You would have seen him. Uh, doing some movie junkets for the project he is so talented and yeah as I said such a great guy and a very good yarn teller so I think you're gonna enjoy hearing what he's been up to around the globe all right enjoy Zave, thank you so much for joining me on vacay you're an Aussie living in America. Um, it's It's been a difficult time, I imagine, over the past year, I guess, living there. Thank, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Yes, it has been a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I spend a lot of time. Um, I get a lot of messages and calls from Aussies back home being like, man, are you okay? Like, is it, are, you, are you all right? Like, is everything okay? And... Because generally, I, and I don't blame people, what you guys see on, on TV and on the news, I, I'd imagine makes it look like the whole of the US is like a riot, you know, or a protest when, you know, look, it's not far off. But in, you know, in, our, in Los Angeles, so I'm in LA, I live in Venice and, you know, life, like day-to-day life is pretty normal, right? So it's, um, you know, and it's a pretty progressive city. It's just full of, like, I mean, Venice anyway, it's just full of rich white people. So everyone's wearing masks and it's very progressive and everyone's, very into following the, the rules. Um, so uh, on, in terms of day-to-day life, it's, it's pretty normal and we've gotten pretty used to it, like the new normal. But yeah, it's just the, um, you know, middle America and, uh, and the crazy parts where, where things really get nuts and that is what is broadcast on TV and scares my parents, you know? So um, yeah, so it's, it's not as bad as, as, you know, it's probably what what's portrayed. But yeah, I mean look, can't lie, it's nuts. Like I've lived here for uh, 10 years this year and I can't tell you the amount of times that like I've had to, you know, I've gotten emails being like, hey, like no posting today or no like whatever we're doing at work out of respect for this shooting or, you know, this, like that school shooting that just happened or, you know, a terrorist attack or whatever. It's, it is just nuts all the time. So um, yeah, I guess you kind of get a little bit, um, used to it it's kind of like nothing surprises you after a while yeah and I feel like I mean we were just talking before offline you know we both got a journalism background and I always I always you know follow along 
on your socials and you know you do you've been jumping on the lives over the past year but past few years like it hasn't just been isolated to the past 12 months like and I always follow along and you get out there on the streets and you're definitely like getting involved is that just like the journalist in you kicking in you're like I'm it is I'm gonna show what's going on yeah I can't help it like uh, <laughs> as I said I just get I just I'm very amused by um just how the US is perceived. Like I, and I'm well aware that it's looked upon like a crazy TV show. <laughs> so yeah, if I'm like driving past, like driving up Sunset Boulevard and, you know, Black Lives Matter protests have just happened and I'm literally seeing all the windows smashed and the, um, you know, the cavalry and army literally with tankers on the, on either side of like Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. And like, I show people and be like, yeah, this is just like, this is what's happening today. Like, here we are, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just, heading to the studio or just getting groceries and I uh, I can't go down that road because there is an army tanker there so yeah. I've got to go another road that's uh that's just living in LA so yeah I do I do make an effort to show it well <laughs> yeah I mean I thank you because it does show a different side from what we you know see on the TV but yeah it is really interesting because we've known each other for I want to say five years now through through working at MTV and you know, I always see your LA life and then this is just a, a different side to LA life because, you know, you're you're in the thick of it in Hollywood and, and working as a presenter. And then it was just interesting to see the, the switch up in content, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is, uh, God, it's been a weird, a weird 12 months as well. Like yeah. going from, so we had like at work, I had a, um, we had a production deal with Fox, right? So in uh, up to like March last year, it was like, you know, I had a studio at Fox and I thought I was so cool. And like, you know, everything was like really coming together and we had a crew and I was learning how to like produce and host, like produce from like in front of the camera and all that sort of stuff. You know, I'm like, great, things are going really well. And then obviously COVID happened and production deal gone. Fox closes completely. Everything shuts down. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm doing Instagram, um, Instagram live interviews with TikTokers for a year and uh and yeah you realize i guess you realize how good you had it you know and and crazy thing is is how used to it i am and i'm sure you are too just how how quickly you sort of adapt yeah i think again we were saying this before you you do just have to go with the times and if you're passionate about working in this industry understand that sometimes you're gonna have to wear a completely different hat to the one you wore yesterday and it's kind of fun right it's like it's pretty exciting and terrifying and it's why we it's why we are in this industry isn't it yeah exactly right and and that's the thing like every now and again like right now I'm going through um every two years I have to um, redo my visa and it's a nightmare like I have to base I have to like get out of the country every two years and right now like all of the embassies are closed around the world and they're not taking like visa interviews which I've got to do and it's like around this time that I'm always like why have I made my life so difficult? Like, why did I just like, I moved to the US to LA when I was 22, right? I'm like, why have I just like made the last 10 years so hard on myself? And then I, you know, and then I remember, like, I mean, I, it is, you know, as, as crazy as the States is, like LA is a beautiful city to live. Like, I love it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm five minutes from the beach. I surf all the time. The we- And I'm from Melbourne, right? So the weather's crazy. 
the weather's beautiful just every day. No one even talks about it. It's so consistently beautiful. And um, yeah, so it's like, there's a lot. And it's just, it's honestly like, it's a, it's a beautiful coastal little city, but it's the center of entertainment. And everything happens there. So, you know, for the most part, it's pretty cool, but it definitely, it definitely tests you, you know? Zave, we do it because we've got the showbiz running through our veins, don't we? That's it, mate. I'm a... I'm a, uh, I'm a show pony and that's who I am, you know? <laughs> and honestly, we just got to be upfront about that and not be ashamed. It's just, exactly, it's just who yeah. we are. I love the camera and I accepted it a long time ago, you know? I'm, I'm a whore for the camera. Is that, what, is that, is that okay <laughs> to say in 2021? Camera, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, iPhone, the iPhone and Zoom cameras now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got you on here because... You know, we've we've been in the industry together, but also know that you have had some awesome travel experiences, not only through work, but like personal stuff. So I wanted to jump in with the first story, which is a good story. Do you have a good travel story? Sure. So I um from 18 to 22, I um or 23, I was basically like full time drifting and traveling. So like that's like the bulk of my sort of crazy stories happened earlier on and then I sort of switched gears and, and focused on work, but I do have a, uh, a ton of them. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with a wholesome story, a wholesome travel story for the first one. So um, about, yeah, 10 or 12 years ago as uh, to fulfill Australian stereotypes, I went to Canada and did a snow season, right? Nice. As we all do. Um, and had a great time. I was in a, I was in a town called Big White and, um, you know, had a ball. So I was there for six months in between like uni years, loved it. Anyway, um, you know how you like, you keep, you've all, we've all got like friends on Facebook that we haven't spoken to in a few years, but you kind of like see what each other are doing vaguely, yeah. you know? And um, anyway, I had this friend uh, who hit me up about two years ago and her name was Lisa. We worked in a bar together. Lisa was great. Um, as all Lisa seem to be. She sounds and, hot. Um, she sounds like yeah, really hot. Legend, hot ass. <laughs> um, yeah, and I get this, uh, in 2018, I got this message from, from Lisa on Facebook saying, um, hey man, um, hope you're well. One of my really good girlfriends is, has just moved to LA and I'd love for you guys to meet dot, dot, dot. And I didn't even keep reading because Lisa, I get 10 of those a week, right? Not so much in COVID times, but Aussies love to travel and I get hit, like, and it's not just about, if it was, I don't mind getting hit up. It's just the fact of like how the randomness of people that hit you up, like people, someone will hit me up and be like, Hey man, do you want to go to Disney? I'm flying in. I've got a layover for a couple of days. Do you want to go to Disneyland on Tuesday? And I'm like, bro, I haven't seen you since year <laughs> nine house parties. Like why the fuck? Would I want to go to Disney? I have a job, bro. You know what I mean? Like people just think you're absolutely stoked. If you live in another country, you're just like sitting desperate there quietly by yourself. Yeah. And absolutely uh, desperate to see anyone. Um, so I didn't, I didn't uh, open the message and I just carried on with my life. And a few days later, I went to the other uh, bath, like the British film and television um, awards after party. And I got, uh, I got taught this. I was, I was at the bar and, um, and this girl comes, I, I, like, I'm at the, I just ordered this drink and this blonde chick, like beautiful looking blonde girl, um, comes up, like she's standing next to me and she's like, oh man, what is this? I'm like, what's up? And she's like, um, she's like, oh, this bartender like won't serve me. And I'm like, oh really? I'm like, what are you drinking? And she's like, oh, a martini. I'm like, yeah, no worries. I'm like, oh bro. So he's just handing me my beer and, um, and I'm like, oh bro, can I get a martini as well? And he's like, oh, who's that for? And, um, and I'm like, oh, it's for her. And he's like, oh no. Yeah. She's cut off because she's been terror. She's been terrorizing this bar all night. I'm like, geez, what are you been doing? And, um, 
Anyway, so she's super sassy and like, you know, got a lot of attitude and naturally I'm in love. And, um, and so we start, you know, we start talking and, um, and she, we exchange numbers and then she waltz, waltzes over to a, uh, a big, like comfy armchair, sits back and just falls asleep. <laughs> and then her girlfriends come and get her and, um, and, but we had exchanged numbers and I'd put, and she told me that her name was, um, Megan Black and that she was from Kelowna and we'd got speaking because, uh, I, that was the town that I'd lived in when I was in Canada. Right. And, um, anyway, the next morning I woke up and I'm like, oh, should I text that girl? And I'm like, nah, my, my housemate at the time, Jasper, I'm like, nah, he, I, I knew that he was kind of talking to her first, you know? And, um, I'm like, I better not, you know, bro code, I better leave it. Sure. And, um, so I didn't, I thought about it a bit, but I'm like, nah, I don't want to go there. Um, anyway, a couple of days later, I finally got around to opening that Facebook message from my friend Lisa in Canada. And she goes, um, she goes, Hey Zave, um, one of my great girlfriends has just moved to LA and I'd love for you to meet her. She's on, she's on seat, like on the chat as well. Um, her name's Megan and we both, and like, she's from Kelowna as well with me as well. And I'm like, and I pull, I'm like Megan Black from Kelowna and I pull out my phone and look, and it literally says in context, like Megan Black, Kelowna. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, Megan, great to meet you. I go, but unless it was a different Megan Black from Kelowna um, at the BAFTA Awards on Friday night, I'm pretty sure we've already met. And she's like, oh, my God, I was so drunk. I remember that. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. But she's like, look, I've just moved to L.A. I don't know anyone. And, um, you know, I'd love to just catch up and, you know, meet someone type of thing. And I'm like, look, I'm just I'm just um, in the process of moving to um, Venice um, I'll hit you up when I'm, when I get settled and we'll, we'll go out. And, um, long story short, we ended up catching up. She is now my girlfriend. Hey. We live together and, uh, she's in the next room cooking dinner. So the moral <laughs> of the story is always say yes to those annoying meetup requests. Drunk chicks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and that um, too. <laughs> meetup request. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that you're an Aussie living in America and you just like, I'm drawn to the girls that can really throw it back. Yeah, she was sassy, man. And also, like, she's Canadian, so she's also has to get a visa and all that. So I'm just like, I'm just like, Zave, like, why don't you just date an American so you can get a visa? Like, if you know, if it's going to get serious, you may as well have dated someone you can get a visa through and marry. Easy. But, uh, That'd be too, too easy. Too easy, yeah. I'm like, nah, too easy. Got to, um, got to date a Canadian who's, like, in a worse situation than visas than I am. So, yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. Love. So now I'm thinking, um, you know, every time I've come over there for work, you've always been so accommodating and so lovely and hospitable. I'm like, have I made you take me on hikes? Have I made you go to brunch with me? Am I one of those? No, you're good. You're all right. Like we were friends. We had a lot of things in common. Okay. You're like, let's catch up. I'm like, yeah, awesome. As I said, I'm talking, I'm literally <laughs> talking about people that like year nine parties was the last time I saw them haven't spoken since yeah, right. and they're just like and, and for in my hometown like I come from a small town about an hour out of Melbourne so in my hometown like I'm the only person that lives in Los Angeles you know yeah, like right. they're cool there is no, there is no that's one why else. they're hitting you up yeah there is no one else so they're just like anytime someone mentions they're like oh Xavier Brinkman lives there you should hit him up and they're like absolutely what else would he be doing I just love the thought of the butcher's cousin's dog's yeah. sister's daughter being like I need to hang out with Xavier it gets it gets like that <laughs> purely people just want to make a plan they just want to have something that they know is locked in yeah um and then yeah so anyway look it comes it comes from a good place well but, I mean uh, this in this instance it worked out really nicely for you 
Yeah, yeah, it did, it did. So thank you, Lisa, the other Lisa from Canada. A bad story we're going to move into. Sure. Bad travel story. All right. So I, uh, the reason I actually ended up in the States was I was just coming over here to do a, uh, a six-month trip to South America, Central and South America, with a few mates from home. And um, I ended up, one way or another, ended up doing a, uh, an internship at a record label first. And Because, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in LA. I might as well try and get some work experience because I was like hell bent on getting into the music industry at the time. Yeah. And I just wanted to do a couple of weeks. And this, uh, this punk label were like, hey, man, we'd love to have you, but we don't do two-week internships. It's three months or nothing. I'm like, wow, okay. So I did three months and, um, and then the other couple of guys came over and met me and we bought this car um, for 1100 bucks. It's like a 1993 Ford. It'd be like a Ford Falcon wagon. It's like nice. a Ford, it's called an Escort here. And um, we're like, let's see if we can get this thing to New York, you know? And we drove all the way to New York and we ended up, and our plan was to go to South America, but we ended up over the next six months driving from New York City to Argentina. So, oh, wow. Yeah, we made it through 10 countries. So we drove 55,000 kilometers and, um, and drove... And the car the, made it? Yeah, so the car's name was Harrison Ford. We were very attached <laughs> to him. And uh, yeah, we made it all the way through. So we were like, oh, we'll just see if we can get from New York to like Panama. So we drove, you know, we got over to Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. And then, um, and then basically we got all the way there and you can't drive any further. And um, we're like, man, so it was a Ford. We called him Harrison Ford, whatever. We got very attached. And um, we're like, we can't leave Harrison Ford in Panama. So we put him on a, a shipping container and paid more than the car we bought the car for to get him across to, um, to Colombia so we could keep driving. Boys in their cars. Yeah, exactly. He, he was the biggest piece of shit. We had to get out of the car to um to go. It could it, we weighed it down so much because it's this thing shouldn't really have left the suburbs, you know. And um, we had to get out of it to go over speed bumps. Because we no. weighed it down so much, so we'd be going through like a, a a Mexican a village in Mexico where they've never seen white people before, and um and we'd just be it was like we were a parade because we'd have to walk along the side of the car, <laughs> and people thought we was I guess like getting out just to wave and be friendly, but really our car just couldn't get over speed bumps, <laughs> and um anyway one night so basically they were like look idiots like everyone warned us against doing this trip they're like do not drive through Central and South America you will die. And we're like, no, nah, we're doing it. They're like, okay, if you're going to do it, at least don't drive at night. Just drive during the day. Be safe. We're like, yes. For the first three or four days, we would have done that. And then we would have a big night. And we're like, oh, my God, it is 1 p.m. We really got to get on the road. And um, so this one night in Mexico, we're driving. Um, we're just driving down the, like, this main highway through the center of Mexico. And um, so in, any, in, like, in, Mal- in Australia or the U.S. or whatever, if a tree falls over a road generally a crew will come and like chop it up and like move it. It might be like an hour or two type of thing in Mexico. It could be weeks, you know? So we're going down this main road. There's a huge detour sign. And, um, and there's just like a dirt road into this, um, into this like black, like bush forest type thing. We're like, this is sketchy, but whatever we've got to, we've got to keep moving. And we're in the middle of nowhere. So we start driving down this dirt road and we're going down there for a couple of kilometers and, um, and there's just, we, we get up and there's four guys, um, along this dirt road standing there holding AK-47s. Oh, and, God. Um, yeah, not wearing uniforms because we were like, are these police or military? And, um, no uniforms, just dudes in no. pitch black. And, um, we're literally like, boys, like, I think this is it. It's being real. I'm glad we're going out together. 
Like, Wait, were you, were you genuinely like... Genuinely, I'm like, we're dying. laughing. Like, you know when, like, it's so fucking crazy and scary that you laugh? And um, I remember just being like, this is it. Like, it's been a good run. You know, we're 23 or 22. And um, I've had a good good 22 years, you know? Like, boys, I'm really <laughs> glad it was with you. And these Happy guys, to go out like, on that note. <clears throat> yeah, anyway, so they, they, uh, they, like, pull, like, very serious. They're like, pull over. And um, they're like, out of the car, out of the car. This is all in Spanish. And... um. So we get out of the car, they're like, hands on your heads. And we had to, they made us line up against along the side of the road, which was just a big ditch and, um, and face the other way. So we are lining up against the inner line, facing the other way on the side of the road, expecting to be shot. Death by firing squad. And, um, and everything's just quiet. And we're just like, what the hell is going on? And like, we look around and they're just go, they're just going through our car and, um, and we're like, okay, cool. Like maybe they'll just steal everything and like leave us here. Like at least that'd be better than dying. Did you and, have um, any money on you? Like, did you even try? I mean, in like- the car, like, yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, they weren't really speaking. It was sort of just like get out of the car in silence, which is like the worst kind of, you know, the worst kind of situation. But yeah, so it turns out we, t- we, one of them yells out, he's like, like in Spanish, he's like, hey, whose is this? We're like, oh God, what have we left in the car? And we turn around, <laughs> the guy just, he's just holding our guitar. Like, and he's like, you, which one plays? We're like, oh, like we all do. And he's like, ah, oh. and he starts playing guitar. And then, um, and then he pulls out, we had boxing gloves and they pull that out. They're like, hey, box, you know, and they're trying to figure out, they go, where, where are you from? California, because it's got California plays. We're like, Australia. They're like, ah. Kangaroo, and they put the boxing gloves on. So they were just bored military guys that weren't. They just like in. It's so, like gnarly in the in Mexico. They just don't even wear uniforms. So these were just young dudes that were just pulling people over and just going through their cars and just playing with stuff that they could find. And um, turned out to be legends. We like boxed with them for a while. Taught one of them how to play <laughs> guitar. And um and yeah, I think we gave him like twenty bucks. He's just gonna bribe everyone. I think we bribed every official in Central and South America. And that's it. Like, wait. So they just wanted to be your friends, actually. Yeah, they just, were just thought you were cool guys. Yeah, they were just bored, and they just wanted to go through our car and just see what kind of stuff we had in there. And they found guitars and like just random guy stuff. And yeah, we all just we all just hung out together in pitch black in in just like on a dirt road. And um and then yeah, we we paid them some money um out of good faith and carried on and we weren't dead. So good happy ending. Live to tell the tale. Like, were you? Was that just like such a surreal moment, like boxing with them, but like internally, like how do we, how do we get far away from here quite quickly? Yeah, because like, I, uh, was... I still would have been like, oh, I don't trust these guys. I yeah, well, we were here. we were pretty. We had gone a fair way through Mexico, so we're pretty used to like seeing. Like by this stage, we're getting used to seeing crazy things. I'm like military, so military run Mexico, so it's like you're used to seeing. Um, military personnel everywhere and co- we were getting pulled over flat out because we had California plates so they're just like gringos money bribe these kids it's and sure. um, so we were getting we were starting to get used to um, how it all worked there and then by the after six months like that was actually where we got most of our Spanish like practice was with bartering with police and um, and yeah so we learned we learned how it works so basically if you're ever in Mexico and you get pulled over if they're wearing um, short sleeves they're not very official. You um you don't have to pay them that much money. They're not really high on the uh, high ranking, and they'll just have like a machete and short sleeves. Yeah. Don't have to worry about them too much. Long sleeve and um guns like they're top dogs, and you've got to like pay them off. Be very nice to them, and 
the way that you pay them off is we learned you can't just hand them money because as corrupt as it is, they're not, um, they still don't want people see people seeing them except, um, bribes. So right. what you have to do is they hand you a, uh, a driving safety manual and then you put the money in the manual and then you hand it back and that's how it works. <laughs> Dave, you've got to put the, all of this in your memoir. Yeah. <laughs> Like your Xavier's guide to not getting killed in Mexico. Yeah. Oh my god. That we had six months of this, mate. It was uh, it was nuts. Well, I'm so glad you survived. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It was a really. Uh, it really felt like a near death <laughs> experience for sure. It was crazy. I'm glad, but I'm really glad that we like laughed about it at the time. It's like I'd much rather like we did that because we survived. And you have to like, you know, when people do awkward things when they get scared, and then you have to live with it because you survive. Like, yeah, it was pretty totally. good. We actually were like, this is it. Boys, it has been a good run. I fucking love you all. Like, I think we are legit about to die. Let's just I mean, imagine goes. if one of your best friends turned to you and said, I've been in love with you this whole time. Exactly. Like, all know. that stuff. Like, it could have been, <laughs> like, on Almost Famous in the um in the plane crash uh, situation. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, re- I'm actually really proud of how we handled it. <laughs> An ugly story. And again, this is just open open to your interpretation of the word. Yeah. Some people have, have interpreted that as ugly, as in like it was an ugly moment on, you know, in their past and someone has told a story about they were they did not look good. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on this uh this same trip and and um and tell you another story from it. So okay, um that is that was an ugly situation. Um that is also hilarious. Um <laughs> so our so obviously we face a lot of um hurdles on this trip, right? So we didn't really speak Spanish. We we're getting pulled over by cops all the time. We couldn't get over speed bumps. Uh, we're having a great time. But there's like it's it's it wasn't just like like. The photos from the trips, the trip was great. And, you know, and people actually like people had started hearing about us. Like when we'd get to a town, they're like, are you those four Australian guys in that beat up little car? Because we'd be in like Panama by this stage. And we're like, yeah, they're like, is the car here? We're like, yeah, it's at the front. They're like, oh my God, we have to see it. Like we've heard about this. So like there's a lot of fun parts. There's also a lot of ugly parts. But like, so our biggest, our actual biggest problem wasn't police and corruption and um, almost being shot like, to death by firing squad it was actually that one of the guys on our trip um who was my best friend his name's Dave O he suffers from chronic night terrors so um I became I I don't know if anyone there I think I just named myself the night watchman because I'm a really light sleeper so it became my duty to um to keep an eye on him and make sure he wait uh, is this a cricket reference no I I don't I'm I'm not a cricket guy at all I've just had to sit through so many days of cricket and learn about it. And night watchmen are the batters that they put in. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I'm just no, like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm too, not cool I'm too enough. In cricket I, at the I left Australia 10 years ago and have not heard anything about cricket. And I'm fine with it. Um, no, I was just I'm trying to be cool. I was just trying to seem cool to you because I thought that maybe. No, you, I'm literally at guy. night watching a, watching a chronic night terror person like not like he literally yeah anyway i'll get into it but anyway so he was having chronic night terrors all the way through this trip and the worst one happened just before he actually got on the trip so i wasn't there but this is probably the best one that he has so he was in um davo was in lake tahoe at a in california at a um at a hostel right so there's uh it's like a it's like a 12 um 12 man dorm and basically he wakes up one night and the hostel room is 
like engulfed in smoke and it's completely on fire. So he wakes up, he's like, and no one's really moving yet or whatever. And the whole place is just fucking like the curtains are on fire and everything's going <gasps> fucking crazy. And so he wakes up and he's like, oh my God, like, why is no one waking up to this? And so he starts like screaming and, um, and like yelling out and he's going up and like shaking people. Um, he's like, you, up, you, up, come on, get up. And he's like pulling everyone up. He's just in his underwear, just squealing and running around this, um, around this hostel room. But to the other person, to everyone else in the room who wake up, the room's actually not on fire. And, um, and it's just a, uh, a hairy Australian guy just running around the room, um, in his underwear squealing and they don't know what's going on. Tavo, you maniac. And so, but to Davo, this is very real. And he has to get everyone out because he's not just going to let people die in a burning room, is he? Is so he still sleeping at this point? 100%. Yeah, doesn't know what's wow. going on. He's in the dream. So it's happening. And he, he doesn't know why people aren't alert and why they're not scared. But, like, there's obviously something wrong with them because the place is on fire. So he has to get them <gasps> out. So these people don't know what's going on. They're just like, does this guy know something we don't? Like, what the hell? So... He's pulling people off the top top bank, like top bunk, sorry. So he's like yanking like a Swedish backpacker, like bam, down he goes, pulling people up and people are like really starting to get upset and they're like, oh my God, what's going on? So they're starting to wrap their blankets around them and like single file out into like Lake Tahoe, which is freezing at night. And um, so he gets the last, every single person out and he closes the door and he's like huffing and puffing. And then he kind of comes to and just goes to them. What are you all doing out here? <gasps> did, <laughs> did they think maybe Davo was ha- like on meth? Yeah, like so that's, that's what, what I would think. Thought. And so he, yeah, so his memory of it. So he just wakes. All he just comes to, and he's just outside, and everyone's outside in their underwear, and he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you out <laughs> here?" And then they all just stare at him, and then he 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 goes like he kind of realizes what he did, but he just goes, "Oh, sorry," and then just walks in. And the thing about his night terror is he goes back to sleep in like half a second so he hits the deck meanwhile the rest of the dorm are just like yeah so he's back asleep and then they're all just still outside going what the hell just happened and then uh yeah he wakes up by the time he wakes up in the morning like three or four people have asked to change rooms and he wakes up to <laughs> understandably and has has a lot of explaining to do so yeah oh, that was an gosh. ugly an ugly situation that i wish i was i was i was there for all the rest of them but like that one i, I particularly love Aussies are good fun, aren't they? They're good, good fun. fun when yeah. they're traveling. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'd like to meet Davo. You'd love him. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he is an absolute riot of a guy. Very funny dude. Shitty story. Shitty story, yeah. Okay, so we're still on this trip. I'm just, uh, I've got a theme going here. So um, the kicker with this, uh, with this little car that I bought in LA for um, 1100 bucks. So just remember, we drove it. For six months, we put 55,000 miles on the clock. And at one stage, we accidentally drove it over a volcano in Guatemala. This thing, like, been through the ringer. Um, and Harrison survived. Harrison survived, as if you wouldn't. And um, so we get to Argentina, <laughs> and um, I had to fly back to LA. But Davo, night terror man, managed to sell the car to a French guy for $1,500. So happy ending. We sold the car for more than I bought it for in LA. So wow. everyone's stoked. And... Um, and you know we do we sort he sort of does the paperwork it's in the car i bought the car it was in my name so that was like the title and all that sort of stuff so i'm just pumped i'm like yes great like what a great ending to that we we literally made money on the car so about a couple of months uh, yeah a month or two later um i was actually just getting ready to head back to melbourne um to go home to um do a visa run to see the family and all that 
And, um, and I get this distress call from a, um, a French guy, this French dude named Yarden. And he's tell- he, he gets me on the phone and he's like, what the fuck did you do? And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, uh, I am on the border in, in Bolivia. And it turns out him and his girl, he had tried to get from um, Colombia, sorry, from Argentina over the border into Bolivia because he was making his way to Colombia. And it turns out that we um, were morons and didn't really ever import the car. So, like, every time we'd cross over a border, they'd be like, "Are you tr- do, you, do you want to, A, import the car into the country or are you just going to be here for 90 days or less? Therefore, you don't have to. And we'd always be like, we just got so used to being like, 90 days or less. So, like, no more questions. And so we did that when we crossed into Argentina, even though that was the last stop and we were leaving the country um, after that and we were going to leave the car there. But we were probably drunk at the time and we were just 22-year-old <laughs> morons. And um, so we didn't do any of the correct importation um, paperwork. So anyway, when this guy, Yarden, um, went to get the car, like, to drive over the border, he got arrested. Him and his fiance got arrested and the car got impounded and they got... Um, basically locked up and this 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 bolivian border like so you're used to border crossings maybe in oz like between victoria and new south wales pretty official the border crossing in bolivia is just you just go down a dirt road there is a chain link across the fence with a guy who is not wearing a uniform just holding a gun like pretty we were pretty used to that by that time by the time we got there and you go into a dusty old shed that just had a fax machine and a bunch of old guys are smoking cigarettes um, and then they keep you there until you bribe them enough money and then you let, they let you go. Anyway, so Yarding gets on the phone to me. He's like, I am locked up. My fiance and I have been arrested. Um, you need to come to Bolivia now and get us out of here because your name is on the title and you're the only person that can get us out of here. I'm like, Yarden, I will help you, but there is no way I'm <laughs> flying to Bolivia to get you out of this. I'm like, I, would, I wouldn't go back to Bolivia, to the Bolivian border if you pay me. So I'm like, look, man, I'm getting on a flight. Just so to they could potentially put you in jail as well. Yeah, I'm like, hell no. So I'm getting on a flight to Melbourne, and I'm like, look, man, I'm gonna figure this out. I've just, I'm literally getting on a plane. So I'm on the, I'm on the plane. You know, got the like 15 hour flight to Melbourne. I get off, and like, I'm, my dad is a very smart guy, and um, he usually like gets me out of all my problems, um, or helps me get out of them. And um, so I'm talking to my dad. I'm like, all right, what are we gonna do? And we figure out that if we can um if we can fax a letter to the Bolivian border, letting them know that it was an emergency that I had to leave, um, then I could basically hand over the controls, um, the title over to this guy and he'll be able to get out of um, prison. And, um, and so we, it basically involved us writing a letter and then we had to get it translated over to Spanish. And I'm like, Dad, I'm like, Dad like who can we get to translate this? And our, um, we have a next door neighbor named Gus and he's Argentinian. And he's like, oh, perfect. And Gus walks his dog flat out up and down our street. And Gus, he's like, perfect. Gus is out there. So I have to like, I'm sitting at the window <laughs> with my mom, watching my dad walk out to the front yard and stop Gus. And like, I'm watching him having to explain. He's like, look, mate, <laughs> me boy got, he's in a bit of a strife. He's in a bit of strife <laughs> with the Bolivian <laughs> government. Um, he's in a bit of hot water with the Bolivians. Um, there is a French guy and his missus locked up and we need you to translate this letter into Spanish so we can go to foreign affairs and have them get him out of jail. And the dude's face, he's just like, who is this I'm just trying to walk kid? my dog. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, what has your kid been doing? And anyway, so he's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So Gus goes off, translates this letter. I go into foreign affairs in Melbourne and they, I literally have to explain myself to, you know, a, a woman named Susan probably. And she's like, hold on, <laughs> hang on a sec. And stops me mid-conversation, mid-sentence. Mid and she calls out to the rest of the staff and she's like, 
listen to this. She's like, start again, start again, start again. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I have the whole of foreign affairs listening to this story, laughing their asses off. They're like, and this guy, goes, he's like, mate, he goes, this usually takes about two to three weeks to process. He goes, but that is hilarious. We really feel for this guy. He goes, that is a fucking good story. He goes, look, if you can hang around for 15 or 20 minutes, we'll get a process for you and we'll get this dude out of jail. I'm like, legends. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. And foreign... a bit of excitement for the, for the tea room. Yeah, yeah. Them. So foreign affairs really came through in Melbourne. Respect if anyone's <laughs> listening. I really appreciate you guys. Foreign affairs um, faxed it over to Bolivia, to the Bolivian border, had a conversation with them, and then um, basically were able to hand over the... Um, I guess the power and the title over to Yarden and his missus. And then he was able to get Harrison out of jail, out of the impound lot. And then he um, kept on going. And legend has it that he sold, he sold Harrison Ford to a Colombian family. So if, if Harrison's still gone, he would be now driving around a small family in Colombia. The life of Harrison Ford, the car. Yeah, yeah. Almost so. reaching the same heights as Harrison Ford, the actor probably surpassed but um zave you're such a nice guy like that you truly did go above and beyond to get yarden and his his miso out of jail that's very nice of you thank you yeah he was appreciative he's like you know what i didn't know if i was gonna hear from you again i'm like so before i let you go i want to give you a little minute to um yeah Blow, blow up your, your shit. What are you doing at the moment? Where can people find you? Um, are you still in your band? Like, I love all that. I need to know all of that. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. We that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. But yeah, we I actually, the band has just finished recording. We're putting out a new track this month. Um, it was a really weird situation. So we were ready to go into the studio in March. And um, so my for those listening, you don't know my band... Um, it's like a surf rock, surf pop type of band I've been in for quite a while um, called Alave. So it's spelled E-L-O-V-A-Y. And um, yeah, we had to basically, we had to, um, usually when you're a band, you go into the studio together and it's very like bro-y and you have beers and it's great. It's the be- literally the best time you can have. I love it. But uh, under COVID circumstances, now the reality of is it, the reality of it is that we have to, you have to get a COVID test, clear, be negative, and then you go in one at a time. And like, we'll be on FaceTime to check, check in with each other. But yeah, it was like drummer went in, I went in, guitarist goes in, bass player goes in, and then I go back in to record vocals. So it's all, um, very separate, but yeah, we got it done. It was all good. So that was good. And then, uh, yeah, I've just, so I've left, I, uh, finished up with Herdwell where I've been, um, a producer and host for the last couple of years. And I've just started at a new company, a new tech startup, which is going to be launching, I think going public in, um, in about April and it's called Bright, and um, I'm a um, head of um, talent partnerships and a host there. And it's um yeah, I, I won't say too much about it, but yeah, it's a uh, a new a new sort of educational like tech platform that's going to be coming out that uh, was started by Ashton Kutcher. So mm, that's, that's a it. tease. That's a good tease. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I could go into it, but like it's a long story, so I won't. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm super excited to check that out. It sounds awesome. And. Yeah. I do, I do a bit of a golden ticket. So if, um, if COVID wasn't a thing, if money wasn't an issue, if time, all the shit that, that stops us from traveling, where would you go tomorrow? Um, I would probably go back to uh, Nicaragua. I went, uh, my girl and I um, went down there last Christmas for a little, so she's a surfer as well. That's actually like being the, you know, the foundation of our relationship. 
And um, so that's all we do together. It's, it's, it's great. It's the best setup. Um, so we went down and we found this awesome little surf town in, uh, in Nicaragua last year. I mean, it took us, you know, when you go to a country for a first time and you, you do a lot of messing around, then you fi- finally figure out like the best spot. We yeah. found this, like, it was this little town and this beautiful hotel that was owned by a young American couple. We had this like amazing hotel room, uh, like it wasn't even like a hotel really. It was kind of like a bed and breakfast type thing literally on the water with like an amazing break and the weather was beautiful and um we were supposed to go back there this christmas but we couldn't because of covid so i think that would be where i would go nice it sounds yeah. like a fucking amazing place yeah. like to go there where would, no. where would you go i know i'm not supposed to ask you questions but where would you go right now no people have been turning it around on me and i i need to come up with a better response because i just I, d- I say that I want to take a big private jet with like literally all of my friends, all of my family and go to Mykonos and just lose my mind for mm-hmm. a week. Yep. Good answer. It's, just, it's, it's, I want to come up with something cooler though. So. No, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty, it's pretty epic. Yeah. Them sunsets. <laughs> that pelican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gay pelican. Yeah. That, those white and blue buildings. I mean, geez. <laughs> Um, Zave, thank you so much for coming on vacay. I've had the best time talking with you and yeah, I just love watching along and, and seeing your career. It's, um, it's awesome. And I'm so glad I met you all those years ago. I know we're all right back at you, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm flattered that you had me on here and, um, and right back at you. I'm, I'm, it was very excited and, um, for you when you left at MTV to see what you were going to do next. And it's, yeah, it's awesome that, um, you're starting this and I was able to be a part of it. So good on you, mate. Bloody proud of you. I mean, thank you. Maybe one day we'll be hosting something together. That'd be nice. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Um, maybe, um, Carol's in the domain or something one year in 2030. Love it. Well, uh, should we, should we put that out into the universe? Let's put it on the calendar and, um, and work towards it. (laughs) 2030. We've got nine and a half years sounds good i think we can make it happen (laughs) (laughs) all right bye all right see you later thank you